0: Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we come this morning again recognizing your greatness, your amazingness, your awesomeness, and Lord, recognizing for us the opportunity we have to share and praise and experience that which you offer us and the gifts in which your spirit gives us. So Lord, pray that you come this morning, move powerfully amongst us, move amidst us, Lord, wherever we may be, we know your spirit and your presence is with us, so may we feel it in a powerful way this morning. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing in our life and in our church and our community. Lord, we need much uh, ahead, and your love needs to reign true. So Lord, again, set me aside that your word and your message this morning can be heard clearly. In your name I pray, amen. Well, what a great Sunday we had last week. It was Pentecost Sunday, and afterwards, so many came by the church and dropped off food for our food pantry. It was so good to see you. It was so good to see your faces, or at least that part of your face in which we could see with your mask on. And Tuesday night, we gathered together to share and celebrate the church's birthday a little tiny campfire roasting s'mores singing songs happy birthday wishes from those who've been a part of the church in the past missed you guys missed us being together and I look forward to the time when we can gather together safely as, as you are wanting to gather back together too and when you can we're in that transition now as as we begin to prepare for keeping our live stream but Preparing in the transition of bringing us back together for in-person worship. Did you know that we're also in transition in the church calendar? We in the United Methodists often follow the Christian year. Do you know the Christian year? Do you know what month begins the Christian year? Normally it's December. Not January, but it's December. And it's the season of Advent, the four Sundays that lead us to Christmas as we celebrate Christ's birth. Twelve days later is Epiphany, and we share and celebrate Epiphany Sunday and the wise men coming. Jesus is baptism, and and we live in that season of Epiphany for several weeks until we reach Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is the, the day in which we begin the season of Lent, those 46 days that lead us to Easter, recognizing remembering Christ's own passion on that journey to the cross. After Easter, we live in that Easter season, and... Then comes Pentecost, 50 days after Easter. We celebrated last weekend, today, Trinity Sunday, that we wrap it all together. This Trinity Sunday begins the Pentecost season that we'll begin to live out in the next weeks together. As we remember Christ's own commission, the great commission for us to to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching and baptizing in his name. It's throughout the year that sometimes we focus on God as, as one of authority or on his creation. Other times we focus on Christ like we did last this past series, this heart of the matter and, and his message and teachings and the gift of love in which he gives. Last week we talked about the spirit. The Spirit moving amongst us. So today in this Trinity Sunday, we seek to bring all three together. God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit together in a way of what that means for our life and the gifts that we've been given through the Spirit and how we fulfill that great commission that Christ has offered us. Well, today's scripture comes from the book of Corinthians. When you think of the book of Corinthians, what chapter probably comes to your mind? It's First Corinthians 13, you're right, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, and we think of it in a context of weddings and and love, and and it talks about love, but we need to remember what is being set up for that. It's 1 Corinthians 12, the chapter before where today's Scripture comes from. Paul talks about one body and many parts, but in the first six verses, he begins to talk about these gifts, these manifestations of the Spirit that in the Corinthian church, the Spirit's moving. Man, the Spirit's moving great. And these gifts of the Spirit that the people of Corinth have been given, how are they being used? And Paul calls those into question, are they being used for God are they being used for selfish means? And Paul in that begins to remind us that however the Spirit manifests itself and the gifts manifest itself, we still all have one God who's the same Spirit and the same Lord with whom we worship and praise together. So as I read this scripture from 1 Corinthians 12, let us see what it is that Paul tells us. How does Paul describe this relationship of the three in one? And how are we, as Christ, God, Spirit followers, called to live that out? So get your Bibles. They should be dusted off from last week, so just pick them up. 1 Corinthians 12, New Testament, a little past the Gospels, you'll hit 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through Six. Let us share in the scripture together this morning. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uniformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, Let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of services, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever tried to figure God out? Really? Have you ever tried to understand who God was and and how he works and how he operates and what makes up God? God. All right, come on now, confess it. I, I know you've tried, and we probably haven't gotten very far. And When we talk about this Holy Trinity, this, this concept of God three in one, it's, it sure is a hard concept to, to, co- to conceive, to, to imagine, and to communicate. There's, there's something mysterious about it. Well, thank goodness. Thank goodness we don't have God all figured out or even close to it. The key that I think the Trinity shows us is that we have, we serve, that God is a God of relationships. I thought Kim in the children's moment gave a, a great example of understanding our mothers and, and the different way that one person, our mother, offers us nurture and care and comfort. Let me offer you another way of an illustration that sometimes I try to even begin to conceive this relationship of God three in one. I am Susan's husband. I am the father of Davis and Brooke. I am the brother of Connie and Art, my sister and brother. I'm the son of my mother and of my father. I am each of these roles as a husband, a father, a brother, a son. I'm all the roles at the same time, even though sometimes those roles might be accentuated more than the other. And whatever I do in each of those roles affects who I am When I'm in another role that I shared. But there's one word. There's one word that connects each of these relationships. And that's love. Now I know that doesn't even begin to describe our relationship with God. In regards to all those relationships I mentioned. But but perhaps it helps our minds to conceive and wrap around something. But there is one word. There's one word that begins to touch the service to describe who God is, and that's love. Love. I remember a, a book that I read for one of my d classes. It, it came to mind because there's been a lot of discussion on faith and medicine, as, especially as we seek to bring people safely back together, is how do these two intertwine? It was written by Doug, Dr. Margaret Mormon. It was called Medicine and Ministry. And in this book, she bridges together medicine and faith. In it, she talks about God being a relational God, and she refers to the Trinity. So hear what she says. Hold on to these words. God contains in God's very self the reciprocity essential for the existence of love. God cannot be loved without having an object to love and without being loved by that object in return. Thus, the mutuality of love is primarily and eternally constitutive of God. Here, let me put it in a few simple words. In other words, love is who God is and how he operates. Love is who God is and how he operates in relationships. She goes on to describe God and that relationship and that love as self-giving and self-receiving. A mutual exchange of giving to and receiving from one another is revealed. And that love, that love that flows back and forth between them, that's the Spirit. That's the Spirit working. It's, it is in this Spirit that God created us for love. That's the origin of our relationship with God, as well as the ultimate fulfillment of it. And what is our mission? Is to express that love. As revealed by God, love is total, mutual, self-giving, and self-receiving. As we begin to understand this concept of love, this depth of this relationship of love that God, between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has, that God has for us, and God hopes to receive back from us. Let me bring us back into context of our scripture today. Remember where it is? It's in Corinth. It's in the Corinthian church, and and as I said, the Spirit's moving in a a great way, and the manifestation of the Spirit is really pouring itself out, and these gifts of the Spirit are being shown among the people of Corinth, but they're using these gifts to divide the church, to elevate themselves over one another and to favor some over others. Now, different gifts are good, and and a diversity of gifts in the church is necessary. These differences are inspired by the Holy Spirit and can be used in ways to demonstrate God's love to all His people, to enrich the community, and to build up the body. We hear that sometimes, that the church is the body of Christ, that Paul is stressing in today's Scripture that unity amongst these differences is essential. A body is healthy when each part of the body, when each part of the body performs its function for the benefit of the whole. But if that's true, then the adverse is true too. When one part of the body is hurting, then the body is not healthy. Within the church are different functions and different gifts. Each gift is from the same spirit, but it's not designed for the glory of the individual, especially to be used against others. But for the good of the whole what paul is calling for is unity not uniformity unity not uniformity and that begins to be a challenge for the local church i think that's really the challenge that we're facing as a united methodist denomination and i think it perhaps too leads or contributes to the tension that we are facing around the world today On Trinity Sunday, we affirm that God reveals himself to us in three distinct but inseparable ways. He is eternally one in essence and power and love. What does that mean for us? That means that God is working on you. That Christ is working in you, and that the Holy Spirit is working through you. Now say those with me, or repeat those with me. God is working on you. Christ is working in you. Y'all can say these two. And the Holy Spirit is working through you. Let's talk about that for just a minute. God is working on you. God is working on your behalf. From the beginning of time, God created the world for us to be in relationship with him. Sure, God sets things in motion, but he gives us that opportunity, that free will, we call it, to respond. Sometimes it's not like we ever anticipated. Have you ever had one of those days where things aren't going right? I came in the office Tuesday morning. I couldn't find my, t- my keys to the office door. I spilt a drink on my water on my shirt. I was trying to make some copies for staff meeting. The copy wouldn't, machine wouldn't work. I tore some papers thinking I was tearing the right ones, but they were, the wrong one, or they were the right ones, and I tore the wrong ones. Something was just happening. That was the first 15 minutes of Tuesday morning for me. Man, somebody was working against me or something was happening that I didn't know what was going on. But I know it wasn't God working against me. Today, I remind us that God is working for us, with us, for our betterment, not against us. God is working for our good. God is not working to bring great things about. God is working, excuse me, to bring great things about for the whole church, the denomination, and the community. Recall Romans 8.31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? God is working for you and me to make his kingdom a reality. A reality here at Emmanuel and in this community of Memphis in which we live. God is working on us. It also means that the spirit of being one in power and essence and love, that Christ is working in us i've shared with you before the revelation 321 behold i stand at the door and knock if any man or woman hear my voice and open the door i'll come in and eat with them and they with me what does it mean what does it mean that christ is working in you it means that christ is working in your heart do you feel it do you sense it do you want it do you yearn for it Creating me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. Christ works in our heart, bringing us closer to him. That's why we don't have to have our lives all together to come to Christ. We come to Christ, and he's the one that brings us closer to him. Revealing areas that block or prevent us from fully experiencing or sharing his grace and mercy. And thank goodness His forgiveness abounds. What does it mean that Jesus Christ is working in you? It means He's working in your situation. Christ is working in you. Will you choose to follow it? Ignore it? Or deny it? God is working on you. Christ is working in you. And the Holy Spirit is working through you. We talked about the Holy Spirit last week. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit a whole lot, or especially compared to God and to Christ. We talked about the Holy Spirit as our principal witness to God's love, the basis for our guidance and our interpretation. The Spirit's that daily source of nourishment and energy, assurance, and unconditional love. The Holy Spirit is working through us in five very brief ways. To pardon us, perfect us, to give us peace, power, and purpose. The Holy Spirit is working through us, pardoning us. God's Spirit witnesses to the Spirit within us that he accepts us and he claims us. The Holy Spirit is working through us, perfecting us. Not making us perfect, but helping us to become complete. Complete in love for God for neighbor and for self and this is what happens when that love begins to be perfected in us is our capacity to love increases beyond our own capability the presence of the spirit gives us peace peace something that no one else can give us a peace that comes from being in right relationship with god A peace that frees us from having to prove ourselves by what we do. The presence of the Spirit gives us power. We talked about that last week, about the disciples receiving the power of the Spirit at Pentecost. It gives us the power today to forgive when we are hurt, to love when we are betrayed. The power to do that which we should do and not do that which we should not do. And the Holy Spirit is working in us, working through us, giving us purpose. Remember the gifts I talked to you about? Remember that I talked about Corinth and that the the Spirit was manifesting itself and that the people of Corinth were receiving these gifts from the Spirit? But what was the challenge of how they were using them? To follow our call is to use the gifts that we have been given for Christ. Affirming our path, perhaps the Spirit is guiding us and the doors are opening, or sometimes perhaps He's putting up guardrails that bring us back on the right track. The Spirit reminds us we're not alone in this journey. Today, you're in the days ahead, that there are different kinds of gifts, and there's different kinds of service but all of them together as they are used for the glory of God and building His kingdom. Let me simplify that. To be using those gifts all for the demonstration of His love. The love as we have seen and experienced through the Trinity and that we too have experienced by the amazing God who works on us the loving Christ who works in us and the powerful presence of the Spirit who works through us. So in the season of transition we are in, whether it's back to in-person work or worship, whether it's the church calendar, whether it's the community in which we live, may our lights shine before others that they may see the good gifts that God has given us all through the glory of him. That when we recognize in that one relationship that love is the one word that connects it together, connects us together, we seek to live in that love and to share that love with all whom we come into contact with. May the love of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and evident in you. In his name, amen.